Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And away we go. It is ACC football and beyond. Happy to be with you as always as we talk the world of college football, focusing on the ACC today. Um, want to remind you of a couple of things right off the bat. We are making some changes and growing. Not It's going to be gradual, but um, certainly want to tell you again, if you've been listening to this podcast every day, and I hope you are, um, we are debuting SEC Gumbo with Blake Rafino every Tuesday and Thursday. We are excited to announce that we've got uh, Lawton Swan and Ingram Smith that are going to be doing ACC um, talk. We haven't named the show yet, but that is coming. We're looking at uh, mid mid July. Um, you know, maybe maybe late, depending on schedules and getting a few things done. But SEC with Blake has gotten uh, gotten a little bit of a head start because he wanted to get started early. But where we are going to do it is I am going to um, work the national college in. I'll be talking about ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, as I always do. Uh, but I'll be doing it a couple of times a week, breaking down the games, breaking down the news, uh, and, of course, all the detailed information that I give you is uh, but a lot more is on LandryFootball.com. So uh, we are um, just some other notes uh, as well. We are, uh, um, are trying to work out the details of the other podcasts. Um, <clears throat> probably don't want to mention it just yet, but we've got uh, our guy that we've uh, – two guys that we've got set to do the – um, Big 12 show, and we've got two guys that we're working on in the Pac-12, and certainly we've got uh, well, we've got one. Bruce Hooley's going to take care of the Big Ten podcast with us, and he'll be uh, with someone most likely. So we're excited to have those podcasts. TC Martin is going to be joining us. Oh, end of August to do a sports show, um, overall sports show. So we're really excited about uh, what we've got going on. So we'll be bringing you. Multiple times a week, probably a couple of times a week, your conference shows. Um, obviously, um, doing two shows a week or three a week for each conference would be physically impossible and the voice would go out if I did them all. So I wanted to get a <clears throat> somebody that can do those things, but also... Get different voices, different perspectives. Not everybody just wants to sit there and get, you know, knocked over the head by, you know, a, a football coach. I'm still going to be here, still going to be bringing you all the – we're going to bring you the stuff on LandryFootball.com and certainly going to be able to listen to our podcast that we're going to have where we're going to talk about everybody. going to do the same thing we always do, but kind of organize it a little bit differently. So you'll get, you know, multiple podcasts. Like, for example, you'll get SEC show um, – twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, and, and you'll get um, my view on that conference and the others as well. So we're going to have it blanketed for you. Certainly going to continue with the pro football show. 
the news and notes, but we want to make sure that we're we're really getting the quality that we want for you. Also excited because all of these folks are much more technically inclined. Um, we're going to be doing, I think all of these shows, we're going to be able to get them done on something called Twitch. Um, most of you may know what that is. Some of you may not. Don't worry about it if you're like me and didn't know a whole lot about it. Let me just explain it in general. You're going to be able to click on a link uh, like you would on any link, and we'll tell you about that You know, when, when we get it set up, and we're probably a week away from that, at least for the SEC show. Um, but we are you're going to be able to watch the podcast, meaning if you want to catch it live, you're going to be able to interact. You're going to be able to, you know, write in, call in, talk, um, communicate through chat rooms, I guess is the best way to put it, Uh, your thoughts, your questions, your ideas, so on and so forth with the host. So it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be interactive. And, of course, if you don't get a chance to listen to it live, it's okay because once it's done live, a button is pushed and – The tape is sent and uploaded, so the way you're listening to this podcast is going to be the same way you're listening to the podcast the same way. I just think it's going to be more interactive, going to be better, Uh, and so it should be a lot of fun. So we're excited about all of that, Um, and again, starting with the SEC Gumbo on Tuesdays and Thursdays, so that is today. Look for it tonight. You can follow me on Twitter at LandryFootball, um, at SEC Gumbo, and that is spelled G-U-M-B-E-A-U-X, not G-U-M-B-O. At S-E-C, G-U-M-B-E-A-U-X is going to get you um, Blake and his show. And so we're really excited about all of that. Now, uh, also a reminder on LandryFootball.com. We have, if you've noticed, I've got some questions on this. Uh, If you're looking for season previews, roster breakdowns, If you go to LandryFootball.com, you see there's a lot of information on there. And you may see the most recent stuff. But we've got podcasts. We've got a lot of things on there. So you don't have to search through a whole bunch of stuff. If you want to see a preview, You all you have to do is you're going to see on the left side of the page, just a little bit down, you're going to see a list of NFL teams by divisions. Then you're going to see the college teams by conference. And then below that, you see other schools. And you click on the name of the school that you want maybe to get latest information on. Or uh, maybe there's something in the notebook on that school. Or a, uh, a roster breakdown or a post on that school. All you got to do is click on that school, and it'll come up. So you can go back and find maybe a South Carolina preview or, a, you know, or, you know, a, a Syracuse preview. If you want to know about, you know, that, you can go and check that out. It's there. Instead of, I mean, you'd have to go back. We put a lot of posts up, so you'd have to go back pages and pages and pages. We don't want to make you work on that. So make sure that you understand how to navigate it. On the left side, click on the school. If it's a school other than a Power 5, you just click on Post Concerning Schools Outside the Power 5, and it'll pull them all up. So we got you covered there. And make sure to get all this information at LandryFootball.com. <coughs> Pardon me, the podcasts are free. But, um, you know, certainly behind the paywall, we've got a lot of stuff for our members. What's it like being a member? You get access to a lot of detailed inside information that we are not able to give you for um, for certain reasons, um, you know, from a privacy standpoint. But we do to our members. Uh, and certainly you also get the behind-the-film-room look at certain things that go into a lot of detail. So you want to know, for example – on college teams, how players were graded coming out of high school that are on the current roster. You want to get a look at the class of 21, 2022, and the draft and how they stack up for a school. You want to know what the tentative depth chart is. You can get that anywhere, but we give you a little bit more of an insight to what the coaches say at this point. You want to get a recap of the recent recruiting class. You want a complete breakdown of the entire team, the entire roster, the entire program. 
Um, this is more than a couple of pages, three or four pages in some magazine. Uh, we've got detailed information for you. So make sure that you check that out, and you can do that by, by becoming a member of LandryFootball.com. You get the NFL information as well. You get recruiting boards and draft boards. We got it all for you. Take advantage of the scouting season offer, less than $5 a month. All right. Uh, as we get into the show, we're going to talk. We're going to break down Wake Forest and Georgia Tech today in our ACC preview And we're going to give you the latest news around college football and kind of recap the latest in the ACC as well. But I want to remind you that this podcast would not be possible without the great folks at 401k Generation. Um, They can help you set up 401ks for your business. If you've got an IRA situation or, you know, you've got, say, a 401k and you wish to roll it into an IRA, you want to know if that's the right thing that you need to do. Any questions on money management, investments, they're licensed in all 50 states. They can help you secure your wealth, um, improve your wealth, uh, and help you with any of these questions and goals. Get yourself a financial checkup today. Uh, Pure and simple. If you've got someone that you use, no problem. No obligation. Give these guys and gals a call or a text. No obligation. Learn more about what they do. Get a second opinion. Uh, If you don't have someone, probably about time that you do just that. So give them a call. Give them a text. 401k Generation is the name. Finance is their game. 1-866-998-5879. So the latest news around college football I want to get to. Really, um, one of it, it has to do at Florida State as – Sophomore running back Anthony Grant is no longer with the program. Um, Florida State confirmed it. It was expected. Uh, the special teamer, 5'11", 198-pounder, uh, we expect this coming. We've kind of alluded to it on LandryFootball.com. He's been a good player for him uh, as a kick returner. Three-star recruit, hadn't been used a whole lot on offense, didn't see a role. He's likely going to have to sit out a 2020 season depending on where he goes. Uh, some other news, the opener between Louisville and NC State has been moved to Wednesday, September 2nd. Um, it was moved to September 3rd originally on Thursday. They're going to move it ahead one more day. Um, the reason we got an unusual fall, we know Kentucky Derby is going to be that weekend. So they obviously want to have things separated a little bit as things get a little bit hectic. I don't know if it'll be as busy. I'm assuming it is with the locals, but I wonder if they're going to get as many out-of-towners for the Kentucky Derby as they do in May normally, but we shall see. They're certainly anticipating that in Louisville. Um, some other news around the world of college football. Nothing major, although interesting that Mississippi State senior running back Kylan Hill said, um, and he's one of the growing number of players that are speaking out in this um, <clears throat> racial sensitive times that we're in says that either Mississippi will change the flag, the state flag, or he's no longer going to represent the state, meaning Mississippi state. He wrote it on social media, whether he's willing to stick to his guns, uh, whether that's just a way to try to make a stand, don't know. But that is certainly what he has said that he uh, is going to do. Um, Some recruiting news, kind of nationally, really good recruiting battle going on in Walker, Louisiana, with Brian Thomas, the uncommitted four-star wide receiver, uh, is it's going to come down from uh, to LSU and Alabama. Got a good relationship with Julio Jones. Alabama is certainly recruiting him hard. LSU, of course, is. A&M Georgia also in the mix, but just get the feeling that this is going to be an LSU-Alabama uh, race. M- Missouri getting a verbal from four-star linebacker Damian Wilson, um, uh, a, a quality player from Kings Mountain, North Carolina. Florida getting a verbal from uh, three-star, uh, I think more of a trending four-star defensive back in Jordan Young. UCLA out west getting a verbal from four-star tackle Thomas Cole. Really good-looking player. Um, and also 
big news. We told you that we'd keep you up to date. Washington, as expected, getting a verbal commitment from four-star athlete Will Latu. He picked Washington over Utah, USC, Michigan. Uh, 6'2", 221-pound defender, can play all over the field. Really good athlete, local kid, Bethel High School in Spanaway, Washington. He is a really, really good player, one of the top uh, 15 or so best athlete prospects, um, athlete-designated prospects. Good get for for Jimmy Lake and his company. What's going on around the ACC? We mentioned the Anthony Grant news at, at – um, at Florida State. Virginia Tech gets a verbal uh, from uh, Sean Asbury, a three-star cornerback um, he, from Stafford, Virginia. Um, really good, smooth defensive back that's got good turnability, a top 50 player in the state of Virginia. Not a, a game changer by any stretch, but a really, really good get, and I think a must-get type of player they absolutely have to get uh, at Virginia Tech and need to keep home. Uh, Jaron Williams, a former Miami redshirt sophomore quarterback, has transferred to Garden City Community College. Of course, he served the starting quarterback for the Canes in 19 as a redshirt freshman and pretty mediocre, particularly down the stretch. And um, He was looking at Western Kentucky, but he's going to head to the junior college ranks and one of the top-tier uh, JUCO programs uh, in Garden City, and we'll see where he ends up there. Um, North Carolina State getting a verbal um, over the weekend <clears throat> from uh, three-star defensive end Trevely Price. Uh, it's a good in-state get for the Wolfpack. He's from North Lincoln High School in uh, Lincolnton, North Carolina, 6'4", 265. Oklahoma, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Penn State, just to name a few that we're looking at him. Four-star um, uh Trending four-star guy, I think, has that type of ability. We're talking about a top 20, top 25 weak side defensive end um, and a you know a top 25 player in the North Carolina, state of North Carolina. So a really good get for NC State. Not just a, uh, a three-star, just a really, really good player. Um, Virginia Tech, more news there. Defensive end Javion Becton has entered the transfer portal. He was, if you remember, suspended in March. Uh, for a code of conduct issues there, 6'4", 255-pound uh, defensive end. Uh, he's going to need a wa- waiver to play at an FBS school. Uh, of course, you know by now the news around Clemson that 23 players have tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, got some staffers as well. You know, one of the things that we're starting to hear more and more of, we said don't be surprised, expect to – have positive tests, it's going to happen. How do you deal with it? What does it really mean? That's the intriguing team. If enough guys get it um, and they're asymptomatic and they have it in their system, um, then does it make them, um, how can I say, immune to giving it to someone? Does it make them safe, so to speak? No danger of getting it. Or no danger of giving it. I, you know, I'm confused. The more I hear, the more I don't know. That was the understanding that I had, but uh, we shall see. Some other news, recruiting news, since we've uh, picked up <clears throat> last Tuesday. Uh, Louisville getting a verbal from, um, <clears throat> pardon me, Michael Gonzalez, a three-star tackle, 6'4", 260. Wake Forest, NC State, Duke. Um, Virginia Tech, the other schools from Monroe, North Carolina. Uh, really good job, and you're noticing that Scott Satterfield, with his background of connections from App State to the high school ranks, doing a really good job. He could end up being maybe a guard, uh, maybe a tackle, depending on how he fills out. We're talking about a top 25 player in the state of North Carolina. We just talked about a good one that's going to NC State. It's a really good get when get on the other side of the ball. Now, this is more of a project because he's 260 pounds, but a good get for Louisville going in to get a really, really good player out of the state of North Carolina. Um, word is Justin Ross doing well in his early rehab with his neck. We've got a neck brace on, and obviously um, we wish him the best. He's gone for the year, no question. Um what else? Oh, Virginia Tech also getting a verbal from three-star quarterback Taj Bullock. 
Big Kid, 6'4", 225, was considering UCLA, Rutgers, among others. He's from New Jersey City, Jersey City, New Jersey, has been unable to take uh, a visit, but they um, they did check out Blacksburg Friday and Saturday, and they uh, they were they decided to commit. He decided to commit, so he's a top fifteen prospect in the state of Jersey, uh, a three star commitment, good get for Virginia Tech if they hold on to that. Um, also, we just talked about Louisville. Uh, they got on uh, Wednesday of last week uh, a verbal from three-star cornerback Kenny Walker. Um, was committed to Boston College from April into June, but reopened his recruitment. Um, he's a Douglasville, Georgia native. Feels more sure about um, you know the pledge now, so he's excited. Georgia Tech, Pitt, and Maryland were all in the mix. Um, a really good-looking safety prospect. We'll see where he ends up playing in the secondary once he gets on campus. I think he's best at safety, but he can play corner. He can be a hybrid safety linebacker. I think he's a boundary corner, a zone corner that's more of a safety that's going to move inside and cover. I think can do some things, a nickel covering a big slot and such. Um, some Syracuse news. Um, former McNeese State the senior defensive lineman Cody Roscoe has transferred to Syracuse. He is, uh, again, from McNeese State, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 6'1", 250, uh, was, a, um, was a good player for them. By the way, that is the college that Ed Orgeron's boys uh, played college ball at. Um, really good-looking player. Um, He's played very well. He's um, he's he's plays with good technique. Um, so they they've got some experience. Not overly talented on Syracuse's defensive line. Um, you got McKinley Williams and Josh Black and Kingsley uh, Jonathan Roscoe would fit in nicely in that rotation. Again, a reminder: you want a full, complete roster breakdown of Syracuse? Go to LandryFootball.com. Click on the Syracuse link on the left, and that'll take in. Look down a little bit. You'll see a lot of other stuff and podcasts that things that link it. But but you go down and look, and you'll see the um, Syracuse pennant with a link to the information. So that's the latest news of the week. Um, I think we did um, mention. Speaking of Syracuse, I still like the this uh, Abdul Adams, and I think he's got a real good chance. Um, to step into Moneal's spot at running back. Um, you know, he's 5'11", he's 215. You know, Jawar Jordan is the other tailback that could earn the gig. But I like the fact that uh, Abdul Adams is, runs with uh, good balance um, and uh, I, I think can be a really good player. Former Oklahoma back, I think he'll be a really good one. So uh, we, we mentioned, speaking of running backs, I think that uh, Jashon Corbin is – uh, has the early edge, I think. It will have the early edge when they get going at Florida State uh, to uh, get things going there. And, of course, uh, I know the Miami folks, talking to them, they're really excited about their commitment uh, last week from Romello Brinson, the, the four-star wide receiver. It's really good-looking player, 6'2", 170. Um, uh, really good-looking player, a top 140 player and um, <clears throat> uh, in, in – um, a really good overall player uh, that can absolutely help them there. So uh, that's the latest from the news and notes segment uh, around the ACC. Let's get into, <coughs> pardon me, I'm getting choked up. Let's talk a little bit about Wake Forest and Georgia Tech. Let's take a look at their roster. Let's take a look at their program. Let's take a look at their team. Um, if you look at Wake Forest, um, four straight bowls. Dave Clawson has really done a good job uh, of building this program, creating some consistency at a place that I don't know how many of you've been to Wake Forest. It's a great school. It's a very small enrollment. It's kind of, I mean, it's the back of road look, no question, but it's almost big high schoolish look, and it's 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 a little different. I mean, it's it's small. It's it's not going to wow you as a campus. You, you've you've got to really um, embrace what it is. Not easy to recruit to. They develop very well, and I wonder. You think about 
all the programs that are going to have their development retarded with the lack of a spring. This is certainly one of them. This is a developmental program. They've had a lot of stability. Um, they lose their starting quarterback, Jamie Newman, really good athlete, dual threat guy. Um, he's off to Georgia. Um, we'll talk about Sam Hartman and what he brings to the quarterback position for this offense. Um, but they lose their starting quarterback, the leading rusher and receiver. Three starters on the offensive line. They're tight end, their best linebacker. You know, depth has been the biggest issue. This team was headed towards one hell of a season last year until the injuries started to kill them. They've covered up defensive issues with record-setting offensive numbers the last three years. They've survived losing star players, and they're going to have to do it again. So um, the the positives is that even though they lost Jamie um, Newman, Sam Hartman was the starter and was really good. As a true freshman in 18, he was really playing well. He was grading out. Well, he was fourth in the ACC in total offense before he broke his leg in the ninth game. He's going to have to be a little bit more accurate. He's got some passing skills. Got to protect the ball better. And I'm wondering what they're going to do with them. They're a high RPO type. And a we'll get into some of the breakdowns of how they run their offense. But are they going to run Sam Hartman as much? He's not as stout. He's a little bit more gangly than Newman. Depth is a problem. He goes down, they're dead. So we'll see how this plays out. Uh, certainly Hartman's going to benefit from Sage Surratt. Folks, one of the best receivers in the country. He was heading towards an All-American season last year before he suffered that season-ending shoulder, uh, shoulder injury uh, in the ninth game. Already had 11 touchdowns and was the only Power 5 player with more than 1,000 yards receiving at that point. Um, they also have a really good recruit coming in in Donovan Green. Um, he's the highest-rated recruit of the Dave Clawson area, era. Kept his red shirt, still offered a glimpse of his talent, played in the first four games. So he got experience, and this is a good thing about the new the new rule that I like. You get some experience, yet you still get a red shirt. Um, he's so good that I don't I don't know that that he'll last to to play all the years, but we'll see. Really, really good player. Um, for the second straight year, Wake Forest loses a thousand yard receiver out of the slot. Boy, they work out of the slot so, so well. Uh, incumbent Jakari Robertson has only 13 c- catches, so look for another former four-star recruit, Nolan uh, Grulix. Um, they also like to work in this offense, the middle with the tight end, but they got a new starter in Brandon Chapman, and he's been more of a blocker than pass catcher. So they lose battering ram Cade Corney, um, they think Christian Beal Smith can be really good, and we'll see if the, he can become the type of runner. He was suspended part of last year, so we'll see how that plays out. Um, <clears throat> Kenneth Walker the third averaged five point nine yards per carry as a true freshman, but he struggled to pass block. So we'll see. The offensive line's a big question mark. Um, each of the past two seasons, their returning offensive linemen combined for more than 100 career starts. This year, only 28. They hope to get a big boost from the grad transfer, Terrence Davis, who had 31 starts at Maryland, former four-star recruit. He's battled a bunch of injuries, but he's looked really good and graded out well on tape when he's been healthy. Um, defensively, haven't been very good since 2016. They improved slightly last year with a better pass rush. They created some turnovers, but the injuries just killed them. And this year's biggest challenge is going to be to replace two cornerbacks who started uh, 82 games combined. Um, remember the name Carlos Basham. Okay, he is an elite player, number nine, defensive end, Carlos Basham Jr. He's next level ability. He was second in the ACC in sacks and tackles for losses. They got five solid interior linemen. They're led by Suleiman Kamara 
And on the outside, defensive end Ja'Cory John's flash potential and part-time action, like him. Um, they got two solid linebackers in Ryan Smetta and uh, Jaquez Williams, but I worry about their depth there. Uh, I worry about their depth at safety. Colby Davis and Nasir Green are good players, but big question marks behind them, big drop-off. Um, I do think um, the rover position, which they play that rover position deep, uh, Luke Masterson returns from an injury um, to battle Trayvon Red. You know, they'll play a nickel. They play four down, two linebackers, five. They play a 4-2-5 look. Um, at corner, Jasir Taylor moves from being the third corner uh, to the only experienced one. Um, probably going to start Isaiah Asima on the other side, but they're going to rotate a bunch of guys. They're going to need to create pressure support their inexperienced corners. Greer now has uh, – Nasir Greer has shown lots of speed and instincts and safety to be able to cover up some other issues that they have. Um, on special teams, they're just not good in the return game. They just – they lose hidden yardage more because of their return game their, than their coverage games. Last year, though, their coverage units fell apart. So they were like – you know, 122nd in kickoff defense, 129th punt defense. But they couldn't return and get positive yardage to start, and they were giving up some good field position to opponents. So that led to a coaching change up there, and we'll see if that happens. Um, Dom Maggio, the punter, is gone. Um, Ivan Moore taken over. Nick Scheiber, the kicker, uh, made 34 straight field goals. Really good there. You know, um, injuries kind of took away what kind of been a good season last year. You know, the offense ran 81.15 offensive plays per game last year. That was the most in the country. They allowed just 20.4 seconds to elapse between plays, which is the quicker, quickest other than all uh, just 10 teams in uh, the FBS. So they were one of the faster-paced teams. Up-tempo, one of the top ten up-tempo teams in the country. Sam Harton, uh, Hartman led the team in passing in 18 as a true freshman. He's accounted for 41% of Wake Forest passing offense. So, you know, it's something that to keep in mind that they feel like their passing game is going to be better with Hartman, which – Ought to be a little interesting note to see if that's the case and see how that plays out in Athens, Georgia, with Jamie Newman going, going there. Uh, another note on Wake Forest from last year. Wake Forest forced its opponents to go three and out 67 times across 181 possessions. At 37%, the three and out percentages ranked fourth in the ACC and 22nd overall. Not bad there. So they scheme up pretty well on defense. Like I said, injuries snuffed out what could have been a special season. They lose a lot of talent on offense. The schedule's not going to help. They pick up Notre Dame, the non-conference game. They've got Miami, which has got more talent, quite a bit more talent. Um, and, again, they're a developmental program. They coach players up. No coaching in the offseason. This could be very, very difficult there. Surratt and Green are going to be effective at receiver. Um, they've got some experience on defense. God help them if they got to go to their backup quarterback situation. Nothing gets Kern, but he's just not ready to help them. They're consistent year in and year out. They put players through a process. They have a style. Defensively, they're still running the same stuff that Mike Elko ran. Very well coached. Very smart. They cover their gaps very well. Um, offensively. They do a really good job with the zone read. Sometimes it gets them into trouble because it develops slowly and a smart, fast defense can jump on it, take them out of it. But, boy, if you're not disciplined, holy mackerel, they'll kill you on it. Say Chirac's one of the best players uh, they have. When he was out, they were a different offense. They, you know, they he can do a lot of things with that offense. Um you wonder about what they're going to do with the quarterback. And the ISO reads, 
that to me takes an element out of their offense that they really, you know, would prefer not to take out. But, you know, running it, it's going to be interesting to see when, if they're a little bit more judicious when they do it. But their margins are thin, not a lot of depth, and certainly the loss of an offseason is going to help, going to hurt a program like this. You know, they go to Old Dominion, which is no cakewalk week one. Got Villanova, again, no cakewalk on September 19th. and uh, But, you know, games they should win. What about App State in week two? Certainly a game they expect to win, question mark game. At Duke, question mark game. I'll give them a question mark against Miami, even though that probably should be an L. Miami's far more talented. But Miami's not very disciplined. They lose to Florida State. Likely going to lose to NC State on the road, but you can throw a question mark there. They've got a shot at beating Syracuse at home. You know, a shot maybe at Louisville, but on the road. No shot at Clemson and a shot at, at Boston College. So I, I just don't think going to a bowl going to a bowl game this year, getting bowl eligible, winning six games would be the best season for Dave Clawson yet. Uh, I just I don't see six wins. Um, I mean, if they beat App State, they went on the road at Duke, they went on the road at NC State, they beat Syracuse, they beat BC beat Old Dominion, beat Villanova, that gets you that gets you seven. So, you know, I, it, it's possible, and I wouldn't count them out, but they're going to need some breaks health-wise. There's no question about it. Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets of Jeff Collins, second year. Take a look at – you know, there is no question that when he took over, it was a transitioning program. Tried to explain, and – Certainly meant no offense to the Georgia Tech fans. It was not a culture problem of bad kids or anything. But the stagnation of the program under Paul Johnson. And Paul won a lot of games. And we're going to see if Jeff Collins could do it. Regardless how it looks, successful is successful. Winning is winning. Losing is losing. I didn't expect anything from them last year and didn't get up much. I thought they played hard, but let's just call it like it is. They're devoid of personnel, and the personnel is ill-fit to run what they want to run. They want to be good defensively, be physical, and they want to be a little bit more eclectic on offense. And instead of running the option – you know, this is what people don't get when you're running zone read stuff. That's the option, just out of spread sets. And there are a lot more guys that are the quicker receiver types that you can get to come and play at, you know, a, a, a Georgia Tech. I mean, look at the school I just talked about, Wake Forest. And, and I know Georgia Tech has greater, you know, expectations than maybe Wake does. But they could learn a lot from how Wake does it and how they put together a program that is consistent, that is one in which they can do some things from a schematic standpoint that could take advantage of, you know, speed and quickness. But the inability to be able to throw it at all under Paul Johnson killed them. So where are they? They are taking a step back to rebuild the program. And I think while they, we might see improvements, the record might not be any better. I really don't know. I mean, we'll get to that in a second. But they're taking a philosophy, high energy, culture-focused. You know, they're trying to build around the state. Look, the state of Georgia has become one of the elite pro, uh, states to recruit in. Um, they're going to continue to focus that way. And I think that by doing that, they have a chance to gradually get better. But they're not going to kill it on recruiting. They're just going to have to be functional with finding guys. Look, they you look at the success that, well, Duke has had some success. Northwestern's had some success. Not so much Vanderbilt. Stanford has. That's what Georgia Tech's motto is. What the difference is, Stanford recruits nationally. Northwestern recruits nationally. Duke? 
eh, nationally but regionally, Georgia Tech feels like they can go in some of the private schools, some of the great football in Georgia, and maybe get the guy that is the maybe the quality three-star that the SEC schools are not jumping all over, but that are really high academic-oriented that might want to stay close to home with a program that's maybe building something special. That's what they're trying to get. And then they could branch out and do it nationally because it is a national brand. Do you fits what you want to do academically? All good questions. So let's take a look. I mean, I think they need to have more offensive balance to give the defense a break. They had too many three and outs a year ago. The schedule's a killer. Um, they got a lot of question marks. Lost some close games. Kicker issues. When Collins arrived, their offensive line averaged 6'1", 265 pounds with a group of quarterbacks that were running backs. Couldn't throw it at all. So you got the toughest step, the first step and the longest step to climb. It's not a step, it's steps. It's a staircase. One of those big spiral going with the wind staircases and that is to turn around an offense that ranked 128th in yards per play and went three and out on a fairly remarkable 40 percent of its drives last season and it was due to personnel and you need to get more ACC looking guys up front they got to add a quarterback and with redshirt sophomore James Graham took over in October um, who knows it's possible that Graham, who completed just 45% of his passes, will retain the job. Former four-star prospect, decent size, looks good throwing downfield. With better protection, better understanding of the offense, he could get better. Uh, I think they're going to want to look at the Jordan Yates kid. They're going to want to look at the income freshman Jeff Sims, one of the top dual-threat quarterbacks in the country. They want to run some RPA stuff, RPO stuff. And, you know, the offensive lines upgraded at guard and tackle with the addition of, of a pair of grad transfers, Ryan Johnson from Tennessee and Devin Cochran from Vanderbilt. He's probably the best newcomer that they have, Devin Cochran. Um, really good player. Size guy, 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, if center Kenny Cooper comes back healthy off a hip injury, this could unleash the running game a little bit, um, which is, you know, at times effective with Jordan Mason and Jameis Griffin. So let's see what they're able to do. There's also promise at receiver with the return of Jalen Camp, who played only five games before the season-ending surgery last year, along with sophomore uh, Aramian Brown and uh, Miami transfer Marquise Ezzard. It's a nice mix on paper that uh, can fit their defense to play a little faster, stretch the field. Um, defensively, versatile group of linebackers, defensive backs, pretty good um uh, fit for Andrew Thacker's 4-2-5 scheme, which can get playmakers from the second level to make an impact. Um, David Curry is a six-year senior, good player, good leadership at linebacker. Um, safety, Janawa Thomas, um, is a guy you got to avoid. Really good player. Makes a lot of plays. Um Former linebacker Charlie Thomas, been really productive, starts the season at nickel. Which allow more for Quez Jackson to be kind of the joker player. He's really can be good against the run and locking up uh, in the slot. I think Collins and Thacker are, um, you know, going to get uh, Jazil Lee, former offensive lineman back from a leg injury, have defensive end uh, Atanius uh, Clayton finally eligible to help on the defensive line. He's a transfer from Florida. This should bolster up front defensively. TK Chimadiza looked very promising as a freshman as did Jordan uh, Dominic show some pass rush ability. So they don't have enough. I think they're well coached there. They play hard. Um you know, both of the kickers left this spring. It'd be hard to get much worse than last year. Field goal performance, it converted three of eight. So we'll see what Jude Kelly can do at kicker. 
senior Presley Harvin has been a really good um, punter, but they need to make big strides in coverage. Um, six of his punts were returned for 20-plus yards or more, and it wasn't hang time issues. So, you know, look, it's I think they got to make a lot of strides on offense. You know, they've got Clemson, you've got Georgia, you've got Notre Dame, even Central Florida. Uh, it's, that's not good. You know, that's not a, it's a long-term build. You need a long-term view here. Uh, they, I think he's managed expectations there. Got to continue to do it. They don't have receivers that belong in this league. You line them up, they don't look – that doesn't look right. They Their receivers just don't look right. Uh, their offensive line's been a mess. You know, a couple of the transfers might give them a chance to be a little bit better. Um, they have been in the past pretty good defensively. That's, I think, going to continue and needs to continue. You know um, – Pick the quarterback, run with them, see where it goes. They turned the ball over way too much last year. I mean, constantly, and they couldn't run it consistently well. you got to improve those things and um, more consistency on offense. It's a tough, it's a tough stretch. Look, they averaged um, 0.1 points per, uh, uh, per drive on possessions. They took over on uh, – on possessions they took over inside their own 20-yard line. That's the worst mark in the country. I mean, 0.1 points per drive on possessions in which they took over inside their own 20. I mean, they couldn't sustain anything. Make them go to the length of the field, they were the worst team in the country. So that's the way you understand that. Worst team in the country going the length of the field. They scored 15 touchdowns and kicked two field goals and 28 trips in the red zone. Red zone scoring rate was the worst in the nation. Okay? So they couldn't do anything to get in the red zone, and they couldn't do anything once they got in the red zone. And then, to make things even worse, they could not avoid sacks on passing downs. When facing second and seven or longer, or third and fourth down and five or longer, they suffered a sack 15.4% of the time. That's the highest rate in the ACC in 125th nationally. 125 out of, 125 out of 130, folks. It's as bad as you can get. Can't protect, can't throw it, don't have receivers to get up. And so there, there's a lot of issues there. So the, the old sacks is what's the issue? You break down the tape, yeah, there was pass protection issues. There were receivers that couldn't win. Enough, and the and the quarterback play wasn't good enough. All those things were big issues for Tech. It is baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. I think they've got the right guy that understands the program, understands how it needs to be built, and I think there needs to be patience. And I don't think that long range – what Paul was doing was going to work, and he was there a long time and did a good job. But as things go forward, you've got to be able to do a little bit more offensively, and the the scheme that they're running is going to be better. Now what has to happen is the recruiting has to get better. And remember, unlike any other program in the country, they're starting over like, like they're starting a program over with no players because basically what they're having to do is – you have to build with no real linemen that fit. You don't have receivers that fit. And so they've done some things in recruiting. I think it's going to take three recruiting classes before we see them do anything. And, my goodness, their schedule is a killer. So Clemson is a loss. Gardner-Webb can win. They are not as talented as Central Florida, not as talented as North Carolina, not as talented as Virginia Tech. I think Virginia is a question mark, but that is more of a loss. Virginia's better. Pitts, I'll give it a question mark. Pitts better. Syracuse, question mark. Syracuse is more talent. Duke, question mark. Duke is more talent. Notre Dame is absolutely a loss. Miami is absolutely a loss. Georgia is an absolute loss. There is one team on their schedule. 
that they have more talent than. That's Gardner-Webb. Everybody else, still, Virginia, Pitt, Syracuse, Duke, all still have a little more talent. Now, I do believe they can find a way to maybe be competitive enough. Maybe they get three wins. Watch how they play because the schedule is going to be an issue. What they're going to have to do is they're going to have to work with their out-of-conference schedule a little bit. Certainly, in addition to Gardner-Webb, they've got to play a weaker type opponent. Get them at least a couple of wins before they get in the conference schedule. Uh, or in this case, you know, after they, they play at Clemson week one, that that's a that's a tough matchup. So, look, that's where Georgia Tech is. It's going to be patience. No, they have no chance at a bowl game. Zero. None. I mean, just it doesn't doesn't compute. Now, let me just say this. I said that about Louisville last year. Uh, Louisville figured things out. It is a conference. Georgia Tech will get to the point under Jeff where they're going to line up. They're going to be better than Virginia. They're going to be better than Pitt. They're going to be better than Syracuse. They're going to be better than Duke. So they're going to have, you know, those four schools that are going to be better, that they're going to be better than. And if you get a couple of wins outside the conference, then in scheduling, then you got six. Then you can begin to work and kind of grind your way. That's where they can become an eight, maybe an occasional nine-win program. But that's at least three years away, and that is hitting on three good recruiting classes. So that's a look at the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Uh, We'll get to some more, obviously, next week, and we'll certainly get to some more tomorrow as we break down Big Ten football and Big Ten football and beyond on Wednesdays. A reminder also to check out our pro football podcast as well as we break down the pro game uh, for now each and every day, transitioning, as I mentioned. Excited about SEC Gumbo. Check that out on Tuesday. And uh, check out the great folks at 401k Generation. They are the experts in financial planning. Uh, licensed in all 50 states. Call Eddie Rojas and his team at 1-866-998-5879. Um, text, call, no obligation, Again, license in all 50 states, they can help you. Um, get yourself a good financial checkup today. Make sure that you sign up for this podcast and SEC Gumball. You can get them all by signing up for Landry Football, Landry Football's conference call. Make sure that you're also checking it out on LandryFootball.com because we've got the latest information over there as well. So check us out. Take advantage of the scouting season offer. Talk to you tomorrow on Big Ten Football and Beyond as well as uh, – Check you out on the other side, talking pro football. So long, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.